Hello everybody and welcome to this first episode of Talking Point. This is my podcast about spoken English where we'll discuss contemporary English expressions that you can use in everyday interaction. The goal in this podcast is not to learn English to impress but to actually use immediately and effectively. My name is Nilesh and I've researched language learning and specifically English language learning. I wrote a weekly column on learning English in the Hindu for over 5 years and I rely on my language skills in my current job like most people out there I guess. Moreover, I've myself picked up English as a second language. So I offer expertise not just in the English language itself but much more importantly in the process, the journey of learning English. Okay, so in this first episode we are going to talk about what it means to learn English well. What should your goals be? What should you really prioritize? These are questions we will probably come back quite often actually but it would help to i think set some ground rules here on day 1 in the first episode okay so before we start let me also quickly talk about who this podcast is meant for my focus here is students who are in college or are finishing a professional degree as well as people who have joined the workforce recently maybe in the first few years of their career now this basically assumes that you have a certain foundation in english you know the grammar you can put a few sentences together or more you can read a book or a story maybe a newspaper article and understand it reasonably well now why does that matter because well because in this podcast we are not really going to cover fundamentals uh, like grammar uh, we are not going to be fussing over subject verb agreement or word forms or passive and active voice none of that stuff i'm going to assume here that Uh, while learning english is a journey we all need to take you already have taken a few steps on this path and reached a few specific milestones if you happen to study in a vernacular medium school where the medium of instruction is gujarati or hindi or whatever you would still have started learning english maybe at the fifth standard or somewhere there so that by the time you finish school you would have had a decent foundation in terms of grammar and vocabulary Sure there are probably some gaps in your english and maybe you make a few mistakes here and there maybe you haven't entirely mastered all grammatical rules in actual practice but those are things that you can fix on the way so you will basically start learning english based on the foundation that you have and you will expand your vocabulary the range of expressions that you know and so on and on the way maybe you'll find a few gaps in your grammar and fix them when you do notice them that's not really such a big deal Now if you've studied in an English medium school then in any case you would have had 8 to 10 years of exposure to the English language in terms of instruction as well as the subject matter itself So either way I think what happens with English for students in India is that they're not given enough opportunities to use English along the way You don't get to learn the language effectively if you don't get enough opportunities to practice Also the way we rely on a limited set of learning resources is a big culprit too If in 10 years of learning English in school you have used maybe a total of 10 textbooks and an occasional additional reading book each year that's a very narrow and limited set of learning materials from which to pick up an entire language it won't really happen this situation of course has a particularly adverse impact for students who come from small towns or villages in India where the opportunities to learn English effectively and to use English frequently are very very limited So that's really the target audience for this podcast. Students and young professionals in India who have a decent foundation 
and are looking to learn more and better English in order to collaborate better with their colleagues or professors and in general to improve their career prospects over the long term by ensuring that poor English communication is not a handicap. At this point, you are probably wondering, how do I know if I have a decent foundation? I don't think that question is hard to answer really. Your English need not be flawless in terms of grammar, pronunciation, fluency or vocabulary. But like I said, if you can watch an English movie and get the gist of it or if you can listen to a little bit of English news broadcast or on the TV and understand most of it. Or maybe if you can pick up the newspaper for the day, scan the front page and grasp the core headlines and the gist of a news item. I think that's what counts as essentially having enough of a foundation. Now in this podcast, in each episode, we'll discuss specific words and phrases and idioms and we'll also want to learn in what context they're useful. We'll extensively discuss word meanings and connotations. Connotations is where you understand not just the meaning, but also whether the word is uh, or the expression is negative or positive, formal or informal, sarcastic or neutral and so on. All that's coming later from next episode onwards. But before we go into all of that, in this first episode, I want to start off by covering two very important tips that I think should really form the basis of your English learning journey. So the principle that I really believe in is that it is really, really important to learn English or to work on your English efficiently. Now, this is an important concept because in truth, there is no bad way to learn anything. As long as you learn something, you move forward. And it's always progress. So there is no denying that. But specific to English, there are a couple of problems. People want to learn English in order to impress, in order to feel proud and so on which really complicates the entire learning journey and leads to a lot of inefficiency. So let's understand what learning efficiently means. Why do you want to learn English efficiently? Well, one simple reason is that you want to get the fastest results possible and you want to get the maximum returns for the least amount of effort. It stands to reason. If you put in 10 hours of effort in the course of a week to learn some English, you want to make sure that whatever you learned, you're able to use it immediately. But if you've put in all that effort and the payoff is six months away, the improvement in your communication doesn't show up immediately. And that's not really efficient. Which brings me to my first, pick the right words to learn. And second, don't chase impressive sounding big words. What defines a difficult word? A big word, impressive word. Think about a list of words like assiduous, congruity, construe, expurgate, impecunious, litany, enigma, and so on. These are typically words that you might find in an SAT vocabulary list and so on. Compare that to words like hospital, hospitalized, absolutely, examination, outdoors, later, today, catch, and so on. Now, the first list versus the second list. What do you think made the first list of words difficult or impressive or big compared to the second list, which is words like smile and catch and examination. The difference is not the spelling, not the meaning and not the length. In both the lists, we had short words and long words. We had multisyllabic words and single syllable words. So it wasn't the length, it wasn't the spelling, it wasn't the difficulty of pronunciation. The only factor that makes a word 
impressive or difficult versus routine and common is literally the frequency of use. If a word is used fairly commonly, it's considered basic. But if it's used rarely, it's considered big and difficult. Now, what this means is that by definition, you're better off learning common words and expressions simply because you'll get to use them more. Yes, you can learn a word like litany and you will get to use it uh, occasionally here and there. But learn words like catch or learn all meanings of the word catch and you'll get to use them much more often. So think about it. You go to all the trouble of learning a specific word and it happens to be an uncommon specialized word. Yeah, sure, it sounds impressive. And you might even get compliments. You will probably use that word once in a year, maybe a few. So where does that leave you? You spent less than 10 minutes. Well, you spent 10 minutes to learn something and the payoff is six months away. And it's once a year, maybe a few times a year. That I would say is inefficient. So yeah, all learning is good and every little thing you learn is a step forward. Sure, that's all true. It is also great to know a whole bunch of words. I mean, if you if you encounter a word that sounds impressive, big to you and in context, you somehow get to learn it. Don't avoid it, obviously. But we're talking about conscious effort. In terms of conscious effort, going after big, impressive words is inefficient. Sure, all learning is good and every little thing you learn is a step forward. I'm not really denying that, of course. It is great to know a whole bunch of words, including some big, uncommon or very specific words. But this isn't something you want to start with. This is something you want to end up with eventually. So this should not be on your agenda and definitely not as part of your conscious learning plan. By all means, if you encounter a big, rare, uncommon word and you get the opportunity to learn it, go ahead. Obviously, don't uh, avoid those opportunities. You want to absorb language as much as you can. But conscious effort should be focused on efficiency. Now, I realize, of course, that many of you have chased the big word list recently as part of your efforts to prepare for some competitive exam or the other. And many of you are probably doing it right now. The typical competitive exam, they all demand that you master a certain vocabulary set. And there are plenty of word lists out there. If you do need to learn those words, and that's part of your uh, exam preparation and so on, by all means, go ahead. As I said, anything you learn is a step forward. So you're not really losing anything. But if you want to learn efficiently, you want to avoid the big words, which I think brings me to the second tip, which is learn words that you already know. Now, this probably sounds silly. You're wondering, why would I bother learning words if I already know them? Well, let me respond with a question for this. What words and expressions do you already know or think you know? I'm guessing this is true for everybody. I'm guessing you know words that are uh, common verbs, common adjectives. You know run and walk and hot and cold and so on. You have enough of a vocabulary to describe simple and essential concepts such as like and dislike, distance, size, time, space, etc. You almost certainly know enough English to talk about an apple, just as a random example, and describe its appearance shape, size, color, as well as taste, texture, and so on. But these are really simple basic words you're probably thinking at this point. True, but those are actually what will make for a great foundation for learning English effectively. The words that you know, that you think you know, are actually the ones 
that need to be in focus if you're going to learn English efficiently. Let me explain with an example. Let's consider the word run, which we're all familiar with, obviously. How long have you known this word? You probably picked it up as a child and uh, it's almost certainly among the first hundred English words that you learned. Walk, run and so on, early English textbooks. It's easy to spell, easy to pronounce. Probably among the first words, among the first set of words you learned. So you know this word or you're absolutely sure that you know this word. But well, my contention is that you don't. You know the word run, but you don't know it well enough. To explain this, let me talk about what makes these common words common. There's this very interesting phenomenon in English as well as in any language, I imagine, that common words, words that we use regularly in our daily lives, are typically loaded or even overloaded, you might say, with more and more meanings because we use them more. And precisely because we all know these words, we tend to pile multiple meanings on them. The word run is a great example. The word describes a certain type of motion where you move faster than walking and there is a certain way you use your legs. Well, you know what running is. But of course, this simple word has many, many more meanings on its own as well as in combination with other words. Some of these may be familiar to you, but I'm pretty sure some are new. So let's quickly note a few additional meanings that the word run helps us convey. Do remember as you listen that the list I'm about to present is far from exhaustive. Not even close. So think about expressions like being on the run or run ragged or have a run of good luck or to run along or the expression in the long run or a dry run. How about running a fever? How is that different from running a shop or a business? And how is that different from running a tight ship? Pretty much in every example that I just used, the word run has a slightly different meaning. There's probably some overlap, but I think you get the idea. Now, I won't really go into discussing these expressions in detail right now. I think uh, we'll, we'll save that for another episode. For now, let me just say that running a race is different from running a fever. And that is again different from running a shop or a business. And running a tight ship is entirely different from running one's mouth and having a good run. Well, let's save all of this for a future episode. To conclude for today, the core advice I have to offer is don't be taken in. Well, that's another cool expression you want to learn and it's again made up of very common English words. So don't be taken in by the allure to impress and wow. Clear, effective communication is much more important and it will serve you better in the long run in your career. See what I did there? And this will also make for a learning journey that is efficient in terms of making an immediate difference to the quality of your communication in English. You learn something today, you want to start using it today itself. That's the idea. So that's it for today. Do tune in for the next episode. And if you like this podcast, please leave a review on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts or whichever podcast service you happen to be using. For any feedback, queries or topic suggestions, please write in at connect at spokenenglish.space. Catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye.